Yeah, but it's been extremely cold here in Wisconsin lately. Um, today was uh, when I woke up to go to work was um, a negative eleven with a real feel of negative twenty five. Brutal, absolutely brutal. It's it, I mean yeah, I th- I think when I got to work, real feel was hovering around like negative thirteen, and it never got much better than like negative eight, negative ten maybe all day. It I mean it's just it's been brutal. The only good thing it's got going for us is that it's making ice. Yeah. Only thing going for us. But it, it I feel like it happens at least once every year. Like, you'll have either at the end of January or the beginning of February, it seems like you'll have one week where the wind chill just doesn't get above, like, negative 20 mm-hmm. or negative 10. Or like, it just stays brutally cold for, like, a week. And it just happens every year. Because, like, this year it was like seasonably warm yeah for the majority you know i mean pretty much all through december all through january we had a couple days in there that got fairly cold but just because for the most part it was it was not much to complain about it was pretty warm but now just this past couple days and over the next couple days we're going to be in like this five to seven day period where it's going to be absolutely brutal which it sounds like we're complaining because we are but it's great for the ice, which we needed, because yeah. the ice wasn't looking too hot no. until this week started. So, and that's another thing that happens is people start to talking, and you know they're like, "Oh, we're just not gonna have the ice this year. It's just not gonna happen." And this will be like a month before the season. If we haven't gotten that cold spell yet, there's a good chance it's gonna come. But you know, so my family does quite a bit of ice fishing. You you guys don't really do that very no, much. I don't step up foot on um, the ice till spearing. But yeah, sturgeon spearing is like the main thing that's coming up, and that's a pretty big deal. Um, I mean, it's it's a big deal for a lot of people around here. It's like opening day of gun season. Yeah, it's it's I'd a, agree. It's definitely a, a really big thing around here. So you got to have the ice for that because you know you're not doing it out of an ice fishing shanty i mean pop up at least yeah like you could have pretty minimal ice and still get out ice fishing it's more so the trucks it's more so the trucks taking that on it's just more convenient if you have a truck yeah have to take a wheeler out there and freeze and haul all your gear out there and you're most likely not going out very far if there's not a lot of ice and right if you just got a solid 18 inches everything's good and if you don't live close then you have to haul your four-wheeler there and haul your shack there and then hook your shack up to your four-wheeler and drag it out there and it's just leaving well, us we're like yeah. five minutes away eh, maybe a little more it'd be it's it's just a pain for us if we'd have yeah. to take a shack out there come back get a wheeler and then everybody's got to do that so you got to make multiple trips and it's just ugh. and then the group that i spear with that's got all kinds of shacks i mm-hmm. mean gabby's family has like four shacks just by themselves you know so that's all the trips out there and yeah it's definitely a lot i think we'll probably have 12 to 14 in in most spots which is enough to get a truck out there i think the rule of thumb is usually about 12 i mean obviously people say the ice is never going to be 100 percent safe and that's true especially on lake winnebago but i think it'll be more than that when the season starts you think so i think there's a pretty good base out there now and especially with this week it's not gonna we haven't had a ton of snow so that helps too I've been seeing most of the reports are saying, like, you'll get one spot because there's a lot of clubs around the lake that'll go out and check. Every ice, day, yeah. Yeah, see ice how thickness far they go and everything. Out. And I feel like the lowest you'll see right now is eight or nine inches, and the majority of them are in that, like, 
10 or 11 range. So I don't know how fast they're going to be making ice this week with it being um, so cold. I'm assuming it's going to be making quite a bit of ice, but yeah, we also got that, that snow. We talk about like making ice, oh, it's making ice, but how much does it actually make? There's people out there that have like calculations for it. Like, you know, it'll be like a thing that you can plug in a certain temperature and conditions and whatever it, and you know, like try to calculate what it's going to be. But I, I, I mean, enough I to drive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should up. be it should be plenty fine. I'm not too worried about it. It's more about if it's going to end up getting too warm and then things start cracking because it's going to warm up. Which is funny, though, because, like, it seems like every year at the end of the year, it's, like, always the last weekend you're driving off with water. Yeah. And it doesn't even phase us then, but it's, like, if that's, like, that opening, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. But after the first weekend, it's, like, eh. A yeah, couple inches of water on the ice, let's go on. Right. We're and already we've done that here. multiple times yeah. where you pull off and there's just water just you're just driving through water and you sprays everywhere. Uh-huh. It's like doesn't phase us the third weekend, but the first weekend's like, oh no. Or like last year you got a bunch of snow on the ice, but only in some spots, and then you spear a sturgeon and then it's in the back of the truck and you gotta get it to the way station to get it registered an hour after the season. After it closes for the day, and then you get it stoved in a snowbank on the ice, and there's then... <laughs> a there's at least two two things wrong with that uh, situation. One, you didn't listen to me. I did suggest leaving at noon to get there in case we did run into a snowbank, or you did. And the second thing was your truck is just junk. That's disrespectful. <laughs> That's that is unacceptable. The, the Dodge just I mean That's it was not, like don't disrespect the Dodge. It was like three inches of snow and just don't disrespect buried the Dodge. It, it like, was at least three feet. No. It was it, <laughs> it was, was like, at least thirty six inches. When I looked out my driver's window, <laughs> I could I could see snow up to the window. All I know is my truck, the GMC, twenty one no. years old, had no pro- I mean, just walked That's it right crap. out. I, mean, I I think I had in two wheel drive actually. That's crap. Two-wheel drive reverse. Yeah. So moral of the story is if it's like a blizzard condition, just don't wait. Go in there as soon as possible to get it registered. It was nasty that day. It was really, really bad. But then we had the season prior where you speared a fish and then your dad speared a fish and then Gabby speared a fish, like all back to back to back just a couple hours apart in the same day. So here we are. We had just moved the shacks that morning. I spear one, and now we're thinking, okay, we might really be on them here. No, I, I get what wait. you. I get what you mean. And I, that's just funny. And I felt like we, you know, we had an hour. We were gonna be all right, and we we were we fine. still were fine. Yeah, we still were fine. The landing was like, or the the weigh-in station was like ten minutes away. Yeah, off and, the and we would have been totally fine leaving if if I hadn't gotten it stuck. What actually happened was she was just a little bit too short. So like it, I think I was following you out and you had like made a path through and then i think i ended up going and then maybe i took a little bit different route that wasn't like you hadn't already driven well, over and then it like they were like it was like hard snow too so like you yeah. could walk it and then like it drop you down on it. right it was weird it was like it went up a little bit and then like it got to the point where the front tires weren't actually on the ice anymore they were just stuck up in the snow yeah. and then and then people were coming behind us and then then we knew the people that <laughs> we, came with a couple of kids from school like, and they're like oh yeah <laughs> that was funny but we got her dug out uh, you actually i think had to 
pull me out. I did. I don't. Did we use a ratchet strap? No, or? we. I had a tow rope, one like a snatch cord. Yeah, and I think it took us a couple tries because, of course, well, it was it bad. It, yeah, it was just, of course, I'm spinning and yeah. But, but it's like we talked about last week with Colby. It's just always got to be some because it makes a better story. Mm-hmm. If we would have just made it to the landing easy, it wouldn't be as good. It's a too story. easy. So yeah. Even when, like when I uh, when we speared two two years ago and you or me dad and Gabby speared yeah. him, I there was water out on the ice that yeah. day. There was a lot of water, and I went to go pick up Gabby from the landing in the jeep. I couldn't figure out how to roll the windows down <laughs> because in a jeep apparently they're. Well, it there, makes sense yeah. now they're on the dash because you can take the doors off. Right. And rule of thumb on the lake is you're always supposed to roll your windows down in case you drop in so then you don't have to break the window because of the pressure. What you want, it'd be extremely hard to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I can't find the, I can't find out how to roll the windows down. And then I finally do, and I get down and just whoo, hit a water bank, and it just engulfs the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, so now that my truck is dead, R.I.P., the interesting thing is going to be seeing how my car does on the ice. This that year. thing is not going out there. <laughs> No, it's not. It's definitely not. I would never, never in a million years let it get out there. But, um, yeah, I'll be hitching a ride with somebody, and we'll see. But, anyways, the ice should be looking pretty good. I'm not too worried about it. I think we'll be out there. We'll be spearing. I don't know how much scouting we're going to be able to get in. I'm sure somebody will be out there doing something. Word will get around somehow or another. I hope it's good ice. We just built a brand new shack. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. About 98% done. Yeah. If but we it, had to spear in it, we could. You could. It's been a long time coming, though. It's We started it, like, back in the summer. July. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So it's been a while. But we didn't work on it consistently. I mean, we had stuff going on. Yeah. Busy. kind of chipping away. Mm-hmm. Just took up space. I bet you we garage. probably could have finished it in, like, a month if we really, really hit it hard. But I think so. Yeah. So, that, so that'll be a, a video um, that's going to come out the Monday after this episode drops um and that should be i think it's gonna be a longer episode yeah it's i'm just finishing up the video and it's like 30 it'll probably be around 30 minutes yeah right around there it's a little more in-depth build kind of i mean this isn't like something you see all over the place how to build and we're not saying that our way is right and all i'm sure we did a lot of mistakes and different ways that other people would do it but we're just gonna show you like all what we did that's why it's so long is because we kind of show you almost every step for the most part i mean i'm sure there's things in there that we forgot but yeah with stuff that you could figure out yeah like or you do uh, it you do it how you want to do that part yeah so that'll that'll be good too it's going to be maybe a little bit late for this year if you're yeah looking at it you know you're not going to be able to whip a shack up um before the season starts but it's it's good stuff also i think to be thinking about like this year if you're like man i don't know this might be our last year in this shack we want to build one next year to have a new one. It might be a good idea to watch this video so you can kind of start thinking about like what you might want to have in a new shack. And then as you're spearing this year, sit in that old one and kind of go, oh, yeah, so they did this in their new shack. How would that look if we did that? And kind of help you visualize it a little bit this year. Well, and that's what we did with ours. We, we were thinking about building one for like two years pretty much well mostly yeah. once i started working then i we could split it because they're right not, i mean they aren't cheap i'll tell you that they're no they're expensive but it, it, it it's comfortable when you when you have something reliable and super easy which we'll show you it's it's nice you can do it all by yourself like as it goes um, unloading and loading it but um um yeah, what was i gonna say i don't know but i think that's another uh another lesson too like i said it's a little bit earlier 
or it's a little bit early. Um, you know, you, you're not going to be able to, or, or late, I guess I should say, you're not going to be able to get a shack done um, in time for the season this year, but you shouldn't really wait until like November, December yeah, to don't get one ready for February next year. You might want to start it in the summer, especially like it all depends on what you do for work and when you're the busiest and whatever. But when fall rolls around, you're going to want to be hunting Hunting. deer as much as possible. At least for us, that's what it, that's what kind of set us back. But that's what I was talking about. Um, like we looked at a lot of the people, the groups we spear with, and we kind of took ideas from everybody and put it into one type type thing. So, yeah. And another, um, thing to consider too is, is like, if you're going to be trying to film, in spearing in there like there's different things or whatever you're trying to accomplish right because it's a difference whether you have like a built-in bench for people to sit on or if you want to have your own chairs in there do you want the storage that that bench is going to provide but then it's like it's there you can't move it whereas the chairs if you don't want them there for some reason you want to have more standing room for people or something you can move it so it's like things to think about there some people actually hang cabinetry in theirs that's an option. What do you want your heater to look like? Where do you want your um, electricity to be going? Where do you need outlets? Are you going to have a radio that's like up high, you know, like at head height mm-hmm. in the shack? Or if you're going to use it for other things, like if you ice fish. Right. Because you can add a lot more things for that too. Right. So. That's something too. I've been trying to convince my family to, you know, look at either building a shack or, or buying one like that because if the ice conditions are right and you can drive a truck out there, you can take a shack out ice fishing and that just, that's a total game changer. Cause you can't, so if you're ice fishing, you still can't drill or like chainsaw in a hole like you would for sturgeon spearing. You still have to just do it with augers. But if it's a, a bow frame shanty, you can still like get it pretty close to the ice, you know, pop in a couple of holes to be able to jig out of you can have windows in it that then you could see tip-ups on the outside and for sturgeon spearing you want it to be as dark as possible in there so you could um, there, you know there's a lot of different options for how you could create some sort of an insert to make it really dark when you're sturgeon spearing mm-hmm. and then have windows open when you're ice fishing yep and you know talking about heat and electricity and all that stuff you can plug your phone in you can i mean we'll we'll have we went a little extra but that's just but it's not more for more so for filming and stuff like that it's nice to have to right charge your phone you can run the radio and all that off there so yeah and if you're already going to be running some electricity it's like it's not going to cost you that much extra to run a couple more outlets or no and it's it's actually pretty simple at least the way we did it and hopefully it'll work this year but yeah uh, the one thing i will say if you're gonna build a shack and you're gonna order a, a frame a bow frame but i guess the bow like bow frame is just the company we bought it from there's other right they're the same frame just different companies but but that's like the style too yeah, like that's you, you gotta get it kind of sooner than later like put your order in around summer because uh, they don't just pop those out like right. really quick so right that's but, what we did at least we put it in and like I want to say like May maybe yeah June like right around there it takes a little bit so so I think that's that's the other thing like the the timing of this episode might seem a little bit weird like yeah it's sturgeon spring season but it's not like you can whip a shack up now before the season starts but don't think you can just put it off and wait like you kind of got to get the ball rolling even once the season's over if you 
put that order in for the new frame in March and then maybe you get it by April and then you kind of have the spring and summer to get it done and then when fall rolls around and you want to be spending every free weekend that you have possible to be in the woods then you don't have to worry about getting the shack done and all that stuff so as far as timing of the episode goes you know I don't think it's too bad because it's something you want to start thinking about as soon as possible it's not something you want to wait because it is a it is a pretty big undertaking to try and build I mean, something like that like do even, it right yeah even right now we're, we're basically done and there's still things like oh we still need to get this just like little things yeah. like you don't even realize like oh we do need that we need this we need that and then yeah before you know it, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff so that's just start thinking of it sooner than later if you're going to build one yeah so i think that'll be a, a good thing get that out on monday you know you can watch that it'll be good to kind of get excited for sturgeon spearing that's coming up and look at um you know, getting some ideas so that when you're sitting this year, you can think about some of those ideas and how it might play out and what you might want. And then probably not long after the season is over, I would, if you're going to build one for next year, I would think about starting that as soon as possible. But also if you're just looking to build more of like a ice castle type of thing for just ice fishing, you could follow pretty much the same process that we're going to lay out modify it a little bit if you want you know something to be a little bit different here and there but you could pretty much follow just the same process and use it as an ice fishing shanty you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that'll be that'll be good that's going to be right around the corner speaking of since it's only a it's a 16 day season at max what are you supposed to do with the rest of your free time in the winter when there's nothing else to do and deer season's over yeah i mean we find ourselves asking that every year it's like deer season's over it's cold you're sitting around gets dark at four light at seven yeah you want to be out there but then you think about how cold it's going to be what can you do it's you know it's tough to get through those winter months it's where we find ourselves taking in more outdoor content i think too like kind of listening to more podcasts, watching more videos on YouTube, doing some of that stuff. But there are ways that you can get outside and have fun and participate in not only being outdoors, but also there's still hunting seasons going on. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we tend to do pretty much as soon as deer season is over. We kind of make a transition into small game, you know. So we're, we're shooting squirrels, rabbits, and you know it doesn't sound like that's maybe the most exciting thing it doesn't necessarily get my heart beating like deer hunting does but it can be pretty fun it can be pretty action-packed i'd say it's it's a nice like relief because one you don't have to be like you're not sitting and you're just not quiet the whole time you can walk around with friends and talk normal have a good time you know what i mean you're not it's not like the you have to be quiet you have to sit still you have to do all this like you're you're, you're going out in search of these animals so right so it can be more it's of a like different a, hunting style it's like more of a social hunt right yes. like you can you can still talk while you're out there like you said and you're moving around so there's you know it could be 30 40 degrees when you're sitting in a deer stand and that might actually end up being colder than if it's like 10 degrees and you're rabbit hunting but you're just trudging through the mm-hmm. snow going up and down in elevation you got a pack that you're wearing that's hopefully got a rabbit or two in the back of it <laughs> yep. 
carrying a gun with you. Like when we went a couple weeks ago, just sweating bullets. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, it was 20 degrees, yeah. not very much wind, but we were soaked because it was just just drenched in sweat from how mm-hmm. much we were. We had a lot of clothes on to start because it was cold, but yeah, like you get you get way more cold just sitting in a stand because you're not moving or doing anything like that. Right. So it can be a good time, especially if you know you have a or you can find a decent recipe to try and fry them up and make a little meal out of it. You know, it's some people can do that and some people really like that sort of thing. So that, that can't that's not always a bad situation either. It's not going to fill up your freezer like if you shoot a deer or something, yeah, but it's just nice to go and shoot. I like shooting the gun. I mean, I was in I was hunting the rabbits this weekend. I bet you I shot over 30 times. Yeah. I went way over way through a box. Like I was running out <laughs> of shells in my vest. I was like, oh boy, this is not good. Yeah. And we found out with rabbit hunting and then even with, with squirrel hunting too. So in our last video where we did that rabbit and squirrel hunting, you took a 12 gauge and I took a 22 and they, we found out that they were like pretty complimentary. Like it, it worked out pretty good to have one of each. I think if I'm going to specifically go out for squirrels, I'm taking a 22 from now on because last two Sundays ago, dad and I went out and I shot like three within a couple minutes with the 22. You should have more range. And you, if you have a good one, that's dead on. It, it's pretty game changer. So yeah. I think that's, I think that's more of a fun, like you go out with some 22s and sit yep. for a little bit and shoot with those rabbits it's nice to have a 22 if they get out there, but the shotguns are where it's at for me with the, right. with rabbits. And if you were going to go in a group, like if you had three or four guys rabbit hunting, it'd be nice for one of them to have a, sh- uh, a 22. Yeah. Because then when you have that, where there's one that just squirts out in just the right spot and then you can, you know, you take a couple shots at it, nothing. And then it gets out 40, 50 yards, but you can still see it. That's when you can take the, the 22 and pop it from there. That's funny because this last weekend <laughs> there was at least there was one rabbit for sure that I shot at at 60 yards and I hit him and it actually stopped him. He was pretty wounded, but he just kept getting farther and farther away and he wasn't going down. And I, poof, poof, poof. <laughs> my fifth shot, I finally got him. So yeah, but it, yeah, the 22 is where it's at if you're if you can get him to stop or or if you have fresh snow and you can track like what we did yep. this weekend there was fresh snow the night before so that's super beneficial uh-huh they run they run out and you don't get them you just just follow the track for the most part unless they go on a brush pile and bury themselves it's kind of hard but right but it's nice having options one weekend yep. you could take a 12 gauge and next weekend you could take a 22 and just kind of mix it up get some different hunting in which is always nice to kind of break up some of that boredom um and and yeah with that squirrel hunting we've never really like dedicated much time to it. It was always more like if you saw one while we were rabbit hunting, maybe we would go after one, but we had a ton of fun just planking squirrels out of the trees. Cause I, I think we could, should do it again one of these days. Cause it's closer than our other properties. And it's just nice. If we get a sunny day out there and go, maybe like if we spear sturgeon or if, if the season closes early or even after one day we go out there and just shoot a couple, I think it'd, yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, th- so the sunny days typically help, right? Um, at least that was my theory, but we kind of proved it wrong. <laughs> the A last two bit. times we went, it's been cloudy, but if it's windy, that's where I really don't usually see a ton of them. Like, super windy for that. Like, is that Yeah, bad? like when the conditions are bad, it seems like they kind of hunker down. Yeah. You can't really get them to move, especially like rabbits. So they're going to be more on the ground level in thick brush. 
if you walk right up on them and step on them, they're obviously going to They almost move. have to, yeah. But squirrels, if they're just in like a hole in a tree, you don't get them out. Yeah, you just get you kind of got to wait for them to see them and then go like rabbits right. you you go and look for them, but squirrels yeah. you wait. So if the weather's bad and the squirrels aren't out, there's no way for you to like get them to come out. Um, but yeah, if the weather's decent and you got some sunshine and the wind's not too bad and they're just out running around, it's a fun it can time. Be a good time. Yeah, if you got a ton of them, like that one day we were out there, and I can't imagine what it's like when it's sunny, but you can you can have a lot of fun, shoot a lot, yeah. miss a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Although I think we had a pretty good track record that day. Yeah, we were, it, we were doing pretty good. It's nice because when you're sitting there during deer season, I feel like there's always some sits where you're sitting there and you're not seeing any deer but there's just squirrels galore and you're like man i should have brought the bb gun or i should have brought the 22 or which is so annoying because you go out there during the season at least i have like squirrel season after deer hunting and you can never ever shoot them uh-huh i, I don't, don't know, know what it why is. i have no idea why i don't know what it is so one day during both season is like october like the lull i brought the 22 with and i was just plinking squirrels all day long yeah <laughs> i didn't see a deer but no well, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, they don't really like that. Got to pass the time somehow. But I did don't. I think this is new this year that squirrel season's open later. Yeah, I don't know. I'm when pretty it, sure it used to close at the end of January, which would be today. I think so. But I'm pretty sure they reopened it, or they opened it to like February 28th, like the end of like when rabbit season goes. That sounds right. That sounds right. Don't quote me on that, but right. I think. Yeah, I'll just look it up. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously have to make sure on that, but I, I think that's kind of coming back to me now because I think you're right. It used to close on the 31st, but maybe maybe there was something to that this year that it's going to go a little bit longer, which would be nice because even once you get through, I mean, and so we're obviously talking about sturgeon spearing. That's a very limited amount of people who really participate in that. Like there's plenty of people out there who might like get done with deer season and it's like that's it and if you're somebody like you who doesn't ice fish and you don't sturgeon spear you've got like nothing to do until turkey hunting comes around and so you got to find something and being able to shoot squirrels and rabbits like that is nice what do you got well i was right it is open till the 28th of february yeah Apparently, if you're in Milwaukee County, you can hunt rabbits year-round. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Damn, take a look. Open until the 28th. Huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all That's all right. <laughs> so that must be new because I know it, it always used to end in, um, in January. January. Yeah. But it, it's nice that it's open later because it's usually nicer out. Nicer weather. You can shoot yeah. more squirrels. I guess we're road tripping down to Milwaukee and go plink some rabbits. Yeah, we could <laughs> get get bored in March. And <laughs> all right, we're doing it. Yeah, I don't. I didn't, I'm kind of confused on that, but maybe they're just yeah, a nuisance. That's, that's weird. I don't know why, why that is. is. Yeah, because how much, how much hunting like, land hunting even land is there is in, in yeah. Milwaukee? I mean, there's some. There's definitely some. I work down there every day. And there's definitely some, but you wouldn't think there's enough that it's overpopulating things, especially with how big. Maybe they're just trying to get rid of them. City, yeah, but I mean, what damage are they causing? I, I don't. Nothing. Rabbits <laughs> wouldn't even go into the city. No, I, I have no idea why that is, but 
Squirrels might, but even then, they probably. Not. I mean, they got to go where the food is. If anything, it'd be deer running out in front of people on highways, which happens a lot, well, yeah. especially down there. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know why that is, but Learn I guess that's an option. Day. And another thing that a lot of people like to do this time of year that can be really beneficial is coyote hunting. Mm-hmm. Problem is, we don't know anything about it. I don't want to say we suck at it because we haven't really tried that hard. It's kind of an investment. That's the thing. If you if you want to be like yeah, I was pretty ta- good. At I it. was talking to a guy at work, and he's telling me like him and his buddy go out and they do like some coyote hunting tournaments and whatever. And they're like, yeah, it's just so tournaments much tournaments for that. Yeah, tournaments really? for that. I believe with, it. There's with, tournaments for everything. Yeah, I mean, people find a way to pass the time and have fun doing it, mm-hmm. and like shooting coyotes can be a really beneficial thing. So I'm definitely on board with it. But he's talking about, like, oh, it's so much better to hunt them at night than it is during the day. I believe it. And that. I believe it, too. But then you got to buy, like, $3,000 thermal. Stuff. Yeah. He's talking about, like, he bought a cheap one that was, like, 1200 or 1500 And then they went out and didn't even shoot anything for the tournament. Oof. It was like, I just bought a gun that was in that type of yeah. price range. And yeah. now going double that investment to go I mean, and I, shoot coyotes? I, I think don't know, man. it'd be man. fun if you, did, if you had enough time to do it. Like... If we lived, well, I shouldn't say that, but like we live close enough to where we could go out at night and do it, but yeah. it's like, it's cold. Yeah. Not to and sound like sissies, because I mean, well, the cold doesn't bother us too much, but it's like, that's a lot to do, a lot of money to spend at least. And he was also talking about hunting from like 9 p.m. till 7 a.m. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can do, I don't know if I have that in me. I guess like on a Saturday night, but yeah, but then you're gonna sleep all day Sunday on Sunday, and then you gotta you're gonna wake up at like five o'clock for dinner, and you're not gonna be able to fall asleep. Yep, and you'll be up till two. Yep, it's one of those things. If you don't kill any, you're gonna be mad. If you do, it'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then I I was saying too, like killing coyotes is great, but I don't want to touch the things. And once again, not to sound like sissies, but they are legitimately the most disease-ridden animal that's in the woods. Well, they eat dead animals. So. They're they're just they're so disgusting. They're all disease-ridden. Like you you shouldn't even touch a coyote with your skin. You know, opossums are like the cleanest. They're like the cleanest, which makes no sense because they're the ugliest. They're so gross looking. Yeah, they they so look. Gross they just looking. look diseased. They're they're horrible. That time that we had to kill one in that in that barn. I'm going to save that story for a different episode, but they're so disgusting. I've never killed one, surprisingly. I've never killed that or a raccoon. I don't think I've killed a raccoon. No, I don't think so. Well, this the possum I killed was more of a murder. It wasn't like yeah, a... Yeah, you weren't set out to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, this this was like a, a cold-blooded yeah. murder that probably be questioned place. for that, but... I should serve we'll time. Just, yeah, we'll I just let that time. slide. Yeah, six to eight months, I think, would be fair for what I did. Uh, what we did, I should say. There was accomplices. Yeah, this is not just there, you. There was accomplices. And it was my grandmother who ordered the hit. Oh, jeez. So I think she's got to go down for this one also. Uh, yeah, it's, but just, it's not a good When situation. the possum gets into the barn and starts messing with the barn cats, no, it's like, what are you no going to do? Yeah. You, you can't have that. Nope. Mm-mm. That'll be a story for another episode. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good that one. is. It's not good for me. I mean, I'm going to have night terrors thinking about <laughs> it. But it, it is a good story. There, there was one I tried to kill... Um, I don't remember necessarily what happened, but I remember walking out of the woods, like right at dark and I was really mad about something. Either I came close to shooting a deer and didn't, 
or I just didn't see any deer. Something happened. I wasn't like super happy about it and saw a possum and he's just like waddling at me, whatever, <laughs> down the trail. And I tried to shoot him and I missed. And I think I, I found that arrow and then I, uh, and then he like ran up a tree and then I tried to shoot him out of there and then I idea. missed and that arrow's gone. Fling it up in the air. found it. Well, it wasn't like in the air per se. It was just like at a tree, but it's nowhere to be found. I've never, so. I've never shot at a raccoon or a possum. I don't think I was gonna just annihilate a whole group of them opening day of bow season. But Terry yeah. was not having it. He said no. That's crap. I was really young and I just wanted to shoot anything I saw. You're just coming down the trail right at me, and he just wasn't gonna let me. We were gonna kill. There was that one raccoon that was out during the daytime when we were turkey hunting this past year. It was when we came up on that one that we thought was a Jake, but probably it was a Tom that just had a frozen beard off. And we were like going after oh, those, yeah. and there was that coon that was out. I totally I forgot to about shoot that. We were like, no, we gotta keep trying to go for those turkeys. I don't know if we could have even gotten close enough no, to him. They're fast. They're surprisingly fast. But he was out during the day. He couldn't have been well. No, and he we had almost. To be I mean, we almost killed turkeys later on, so it was a good thing we didn't shoot. Right. But I've, that just brings up a story. Like in the end of May, it was like the last season turkey hunting, and I walk up and there's a possum that comes out, and I'm walking down the defense line. He pops out like for me to you away. I have videos of it on my phone. He's just looking at me, like he has no idea what I am, and I didn't shoot him because I was chasing after Tom's on the field. I later on missed two turkeys that day, which were the oh. first ones. I, yeah, first ones I ever missed in my life. I missed two in one day. It was bad. I went through like f- six shells that day. He cursed you. I know. That's what he did. You know, I should have just took him out. I mean, they're ugly as sin. I can't, I can't, I don't know. I But the thing is, they're very clean, and they also eat so many ticks. Which is and awesome. If there's one thing I hate more than possums, it's ticks. Oh, I can't stand them things. I had one in my eye once, like uh, in the eyeball. I woke up with it after, oh it was in God. like, it was in like spring or then the summer, and we were out at the land. I don't know what we were doing. I was young, really young. Uh, they were like attracted to me when I was young. I had I woke up with it in my eye, and then I had one in my head once, like but it starting to bury. Was it like burrowed? no, no, no? I it was just so. like there. And it you was just, just like flicked like, it out. I my mom had to get it out or something because like I it was bad. Oh God! Yeah, I, I had one in my butt. <laughs> well, it wasn't <laughs> like in, in there. your butt. <laughs> it wasn't like in it, but it was just like on it. It was burrowed into my butt cheek. Okay, that, that that's a little better. And I was young, and I had no idea what it even was. I thought it was a spider or something. I was like, all right, I'm going to be shooting webs. I'm Spider-Man <laughs> now. Like, this thing, this is how it happened. I wish he would have bit me in the arm or something, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> but come to find out it was a tick, and then that had to get dug out, and it was a whole, whole yeah, they're thing. Just, they're, they're no good at all. No, whatsoever. they're horrible. I hate them. I hate them more than anything, and the possums eat them. So they get a pass, right? Like, the friend of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Or the confusing. enemy, yeah. the enemy. How's it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, it yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, but and so the possum is the enemy of ticks. So therefore, ticks who are, are my enemy. enemy, and so therefore I'm friends with the possum. I don't want to be, but I guess I am. So I I have vowed now that I will only kill a possum in self defense. Yeah, I'm still gonna shoot him whenever I see him, but what? I never see him. Why? Well, I just never see him. So what's the what's the point? And don't I, shoot them then. When I you always do see one, don't yeah, well, shoot I'm it. probably not going to because, look, at turkey season, I didn't even shoot them, so it doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they're hard charging at you, right? Which they won't. They which play they dead. won't. They play dead. Yeah. 
I did find a dead one. My dad's like, careful, I might be playing yeah, dead. Yeah, he might be. I'm like, oh, his, his stomach is sunk into him. I don't think he's playing dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's de- he's half decayed yeah. his skull is showing he's like he's just a really good actor I don't know he's been at it a while <laughs> this is the Brad Pitt of possums here no I I don't know I, I'm not gonna I mean the one that we killed in the barn that was questionable as to whether or not that was self defense I mean that could have gone to trial and I think it would have gone my way he, he was you know he, he was not happy and he was ready to charge so I think that one was justified but yeah, if they're just out and about in the woods, I'll just... Just let them be. Just let them be. They're doing good. Yeah, let them do their thing. I mean, I haven't seen one ever eat a tick. So, I like, don't I don't think you would, but... Well, I'm saying, like, if I'm up in my tree stand, all of a sudden a possum pops out, and I'm watching him waddle around the ground, I'm like, okay, should I shoot him or should I not? I never see him eat a tick. But they can just... you even see the tick? That's the thing. But I never, like, see him stop and, like grab something pick it up and then like well eat okay it. you're not grabbing a a tick the size of a baseball well no they're tiny they just pro- they probably just walk around and get them with their tongue like they're walking like a lizard yeah like that would make sense i guess but i'm just suspicious of possums is all i'm saying it seems like if they didn't want to be killed that'd be a good lie to come up with like oh we'll just kill a bunch of ticks and then well, you know we just kind of about, let them go how about even better they just play dead if they don't want to get killed you can't get any more. Yeah, but have fig- you ever seen one play dead? I have not. That's what I'm saying. I think the one s- that was playing dead was really dead. I think you got to scare them. Shooting at them doesn't do that. Well, I don't know. I've never. I might have to try it. See now, now you want me. Now I want to shoot one next time I see one. So I'm gonna. But. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. Thankfully, they are not out right now. So that's another plus to going small game hunting. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a while. Well, they don't come out when it's this cold. Well, they got to be living somewhere. Well, they hibernate, I think. They just, like, burrow in and chill out for the winter. No, they are not out. I doubt it. They would die. They're, like, this big. Mosquitoes, they're all dead. You know what I mean? Like, they they can't survive. No, I'm talking about possums. Oh, possums? I'm talking about ticks. Oh. No, possums, they're alive. Yeah, what do they do? I think they go in trees, though. I think they do find okay. like holes in trees. I thought you were saying that possums hibernate. I was like, you are blowing my mind right now. I well, didn't they might, know that. But ticks, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the ticks are all gone. You might start Same finding time. some in the spring, though. That's what kind of sucks. You go out looking for sheds. What usually we haven't. We don't have too bad nah, of luck there. Unless you get once. a really like, if you go out and it's like the first warm day of the year, and by warm I mean like fifties. Then you might you might get some because they're could. they're coming out, but it's turkey hunting that is going to yeah, get you. You got to watch word. out, and because you're just crawling through tick paradise. So, and I don't know what the best way to not have them on you is. I guess you can just, do and spray whatever. I just I just go out there and brave it, and then when you get home, just check yourself. I mean, it ruins your day. I remember a couple times last year, and then you see them crawling on you. They're crawling on your arms. You your really, hands or you whatever. really don't like, like them. No, I kind of got used I to them. them. I mean, I'm not a fan of them, but I'll just take them and throw them out the window. I, and I hate them. They're so bad. Yeah, they're gross. Oh, well. Well, yeah, they're not out now, and so when it's negative 15 out and you're working outside all day, I guess you just got to be thankful that yeah, you don't have to worry about ticks. ticks. Yeah. But like you said, shed hunting is going to be coming up a little bit here. So it, that's it's like the next big push after spearing, pretty much. Yeah, that's like the next thing for us. Probably I mean, the weekend after spearing will probably be out looking. Probably it's always that tough. March. That first weekend of March yeah, is usually that's when about we. Right. 
it's just, when we hit it. It's always tough for us because, like, it's the end of January now, early February, even, like, the middle of January. They're going to start dropping. They're not all going to be dropped, but there's sheds to be found out there. And then it's just a question for us of, like, when do you go looking as far as, like, what's the snow situation? Yeah. What's the the how many of them are still holding versus how many dropped because if they're still holding antlers you don't want to like go traipsing through the woods and push a bunch of them away and then they drop them on the neighbors and And i think it also depends on the weather like this year they probably wouldn't have dropped so early just because like you said before it was a milder winter yeah like this week they're probably if they haven't they probably did yeah i'm assuming just because it's so harsh and i don't know what the theory is behind that or why they get rid of it i mean like you know, everyone says when it gets cold, they just drop them, or like they'll they're more. Um, well, I think the whole antler growing process is like hormone related, so I'm guessing when it gets cold, whichever hormone that is just plummets and they just drop them. Well, I also think it's something like that they need more nutri like their nutrients and food and stuff like they have to put towards their surviving, so their horns right, don't yeah. need that or anything. So yeah. then they just, but. We've we have found some luck. We were we have had some luck in January, one yeah. or two, kind of by coincidence, just walking through hunting and found a couple. But yeah, we're not out looking for them just because it's more. It's it also gives you something to do in the spring. It's nice out. I love it. Uh, I've said this many times. I tell them all the time. Shed season is my favorite. Yeah, you get out there. It's only forty degrees, but the sun's out, so it feels like sixty because it's the spring sun is different than the winter sun. It's the best time ever. You're walking out, and you might even get down to a t-shirt at 45 degrees just because it's well, nice and it's hot. Me, well, I will, but you might. You, I don't know. You might I'm have park on that, still. But I might. I might. Bibs, yeah. the whole nine. Yeah, heated jacket. No, right. I, it it is it is a good time, and it, it's if you're not ice fishing and if you're not sturgeon spearing, but like deer season gets done, and then you roll into small game, and then small game is over at the end of February. That is the next thing in the natural progression. It, get yourself through the winter blues when there isn't like a ton of great stuff to go out and hunt. That's the next thing that's up. And it's, it's kind of like that small game hunting where you're going to end up having to put on quite a few miles. If you want to really have success, you're going to have to put the work in, but it can be really rewarding too, to, to find those things. I, I really do. I really enjoy that. And it's also a lot of scouting done because, yeah. like, Oh, these bigger bucks or any bucks are kind of, living in this area and and you just you get out and you get to see just more deer traffic in general because a lot of the trails are beaten down or where they're bedding and stuff like that well it, i mean we talk about it we've, we've talked about it a couple times now but the buck that you most recently killed that is also the biggest you've killed i mean he's 155 inches that's <laughs> pretty good for almost yeah. anybody out there uh that one we found the sheds from the year prior and the sheds that we found were probably 30 yards from the tree that you killed him out of and probably 60 to 80 yards away from where he was bedding when you patterned him and killed him out of there so like it's not to say that if a deer drops a set of antlers that that's going to happen every time but we did also notice a pattern. So then the other, uh, that was one of the bigger bucks that you had on your property that year. Probably the biggest one that year, Freak. 
uh, at least one of his sides was right next to one of those sides from Blade Runner. Which is crazy because they literally dropped and like they, it's almost like they were fighting. It's almost like they were fighting. But I don't think that would have happened. But they were like laying like this, yep. right next to each other. Because well, the one maybe a little Blade, Blade Runners and and Freaks were like ten yards apart. So I remember walking if through, that. and we were trying to find if that maybe five. We were we were walking through, and we were specifically trying to find those. I think we had maybe already found no one side of one of them. Like, well, we didn't find the Freaks' other side till like two weeks later when we went back. Right? Did we already have one side of Blade Runners? I don't remember, what, but I, I know they were obviously like our target antlers that we were trying to find, and I spotted one, and I was like, dude, I found one, and then we started celebrating, and then like I was just locked in on that one, then you started looking around, you found the other one like 10 yards apart, and it, one was from Blade Runner, one was from Freak, and those were the two biggest bucks you had on the property that year. And I was just going through all the horns, like the sheds I have, I just have them in a basket in the living room. Yep. And I pulled them out, and I got like six matching sets in there that I didn't even realize. Yeah. Because just on that one side of the property, and it, which is weird because we only find them on like the one part of the property. Like it's split between a road, and we only find them on one side. But that's another piece that you can kind of figure out within your property. Like, okay, so we have these two sides of the road. It doesn't mean that the other side of the road, like you, you killed Blade Runner, obviously, on that side of the road that we're talking about. That same year, Terry killed his buck on the opposite side of the road. So it doesn't mean that it's off, but you know at Just least seasons. at least later in the season, yep. they seem to only be on that one's side. So that could tell you other things about, well, maybe there's just better thermal cover there than there is on the other side, or the food situation's a little bit better, or it's closer to a food source, or things like that. It's like if you kind of start putting the pieces together based on where you're finding sh- and And unfortunately, not finding sheds can tell you just as much as finding the sheds. Like you said, if you year after year, you're just not finding sheds in a particular spot. doesn't mean that you can't kill deer there. doesn't mean it's a bad spot to hunt. It just means that during that time of the year, for whatever there. reason, they're not wintering there. Or they just happen to not drop their sheds there. It could have been right. 100, 250 yards. It could have been any direction and dropped. It's just, it's just how it is. But right. We've been fortunate enough to find quite a few, and I'm probably jinxing it this year. You probably won't find any, but that side of the road is notorious for deer wintering there. Yeah. Well, this year's tough because you guys didn't necessarily have the age structure of bucks that you typically would have because the year before, between bucks that you guys shot and bucks that the neighbors shot, there was quite a few three- and four-year-olds that were killed. And I I think that if we would... If we do find some, we're going to find some that I had pictures of early, and we're going to be like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this deer. Yeah. Which would be awesome. I would be – there's a couple of them, two or three, that for sure if we found, I'd be like, I'm so glad this deer made it that I didn't hear of getting killed by the neighbors or anything like that. So that would be sweet, which is kind of what happens. Like, we walk up, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot this deer even existed. Yeah. I mean, there's enough acreage there that I would be pretty upset if we didn't find – couple of sheds yeah there. if we didn't find any then i'd be right like, oh, especially monks. from some year and a half or two yeah and, a half. and we have but, that other place we can go to yeah. right pretty much right next to ours so yeah and a lot of those uh a lot of those matching sets that you have are from like some of those two and a half or year and a half i don't know if there's anything with that like i know we talked a little bit in our shed video from last year i think or maybe we just had a conversation with ourselves about that but 
they say like if one side drops, the other side should be within like 150, 200 yards, maybe for typically speaking for like those bigger bucks. And I think the reason is because it's it's uneven. It's, it's so unbalanced, right? Yeah. So they want to get that other side off as soon as possible. Year yeah. and a half, eh, that don't really matter. They only got a couple little bit on their other side, so they can walk around forever with that. And yeah, theoretically speaking, we have found one match of a year and a half, and it was a decent year and a half. Like decent year and a half. That one that was like an eight pointer, and I was like, oh yeah. wow, that's a good year and a half. But like more two and a half. You're not anything. gonna find a fork like this, like a, just a fork. It, yeah. Unless they dropped right next to each other, it's hard yeah. to match those up. Yeah, it's definitely tough. They're hard to find to begin with. Yeah. You know? Which is what happens. We start off with every year. I mean, yep. last year I found one like this big to start off. The year before you found a spike right away. Yep. It's like. And you always wonder how many you missed, too, because we were going through and we were messing around, chasing a chipmunk around through an old piece of broken down equipment. We were chasing him around, whatever, banging on the metal, trying to get him to run around, just kind of messing around, taking a little break. And there's a shed sitting like. 15 yards off of that that we ended up spotting but easily could have walked right past i walked right past it yeah if you would have just looked the other way instead of looking down at it we would have walked right past and never known and i think that's kind of what we've got better at is we'll almost split it into like the the piece that we shed hunt into like thirds and fourths almost we'll come through turn around go back come through turn around go back and then we'll come back two or three more times throughout yeah. the year and just redo it. Cause you just need a fresh set of eyes. Cause if you, you're just looking and looking and then they get tired, you come back different day, you see something differently. Yeah. Bring other people with, and you got to have a good process yeah. for doing it. You can't just wander as much as that might be somewhat appealing. You, you kind of have to have a good methodical process going through. You don't want to walk too far apart where you end up missing stuff in between, but you also don't want to be walking in the same path and covering the same ground necessarily. Yeah, I would like we we'll stay pretty close and zigzag, yeah, and then come back and like I said, we'll come back at least one or two more times, like in the next weekend or whatever, even the next day or something like that, or just hit it from a like turn around and hit the same spot you did, but just walk the opposite way back. Yep. and you're looking at different things. So, and I feel like last year you know we had those couple of bigger ones that were in the same spot there that same area and we kind of figured okay maybe they're betting there a little bit that's kind of like their wintering pattern but there was a stretch on the property kind of on that on that half that's closer to the road where there was almost like a line like a whole trail that we found them like kind of right along that in that area there that kind of was able to show us a little bit like okay this is clearly a line of movement that they're taking here this time of year. And it's, it's crazy because like two years ago when we started this, we found like six sheds all in that area. And then last year we only found a couple. So it's not like they're going to sh- drop it at the same spot every year, which I also hear like older bucks will do that. Like they'll come back to the area yeah, and drop them where huh. they did the year before. I don't know how true that is or right. But I mean, you get a five year old or six year old now yeah, they'll, they'll probably do that. But and they don't move around as much to begin yeah, that's with, true. too. So that's kind of the other thing. But, yeah, we definitely, like, now that we've had a couple of years in a row where there's more sheds in that area than there are in other areas, you definitely check those a little bit harder because you've had success there in the past and you know that they should be there. But that's that's another thing with shed hunting. Like, you have to try and use it 
to your advantage. I mean, you could even go so far as to market on your map. Like pretty much everybody nowadays has Onyx or Hunt Stand or you know like Hunt Wise. Yeah, like there's uh, or uh, Seek One's new thing, Spartan Forge is out. I haven't tried it, but I mean I've heard good things about it. So like almost everybody has some sort of mapping software out there now that you can mark stuff on. You could mark sheds on your map as you find them and you know eventually over time you could start to see certain patterns that maybe even if you just were picking them up and paying attention you wouldn't necessarily notice but you can mark them on the map every time and then look back at it after the year and be like oh there's more of a pattern here than i thought mm-hmm. you know whether it's in a certain you know certain type of tree cover that they're always dropping them in or along a certain line of movement or something like that you can really figure some stuff out yeah and that can be good it also can be kind of a it's hard because like that can also be kind of a myth just like the coming back and dropping them or the 150 or 200 yards to drop the other side like a lot of these are like sort of like general kind of good rules of thumb but it's not like like you shouldn't stone no you shouldn't avoid the north half of a lot of those that hills just because they say like it's south facing so like it's good because the thought process behind that is if you're in the northern hemisphere the sun is on the equator right so it's going to be further south if you're in the northern hemisphere so more often than not like if deer are trying to bed down in the winter and stay warm they want to be in the sun and so if you have a slope that sun is going to be more on the south side than it is on the north side so they're going to be bedding more on the south side and if they're betting there, you're more likely to find the sheds there. But that's just not always the it, case. If they dropped them there, plus the snow is going to be melted first. Right. That's and why we check them first, there. too, because the oh, yeah. snow's gone. It's easier to look. Right. But then, you know, sometimes where the snow lasts the longest is where there's the best thermal cover. And then sometimes that's where they want to be betting the most. Like we usually see in the one spot that we check – um, where there's a lot of pine trees and there is, you know, more of that rolling terrain, the snow stays in there the longest. Forever. It just stays in there forever, which means there's just like the most insulation in there, right? So then it's like, well, that's, if I was a deer, that's probably where I would want to be bedding down. The wind's not hitting it, mm-hmm. you know, and so that can be kind of tough too as even, far as shed hunting that. Even two years ago when we found Freak's other side, we that was like three weeks after we were out there. Yeah. And it was in the pretty north part yeah really thick pines so that just kind of goes to show i mean i don't think it's the worst thing ever to like take some of these rules of thumb and kind of you know go through them like that but like i said like self-facing slope that could be great for you but also like don't avoid the north side or whatever yeah, no definitely check both sides but maybe start off with the south facing just because the like sun is melted yeah, and yeah you never know. I mean, deer, they're going to want to be warm. They're not stupid. <laughs> right. And you got to know your own property, too. Yeah. Like, maybe, you know, there's certain areas that you know deer are bedding in. That's probably a good spot to check. Or people who have um, food sources that are hit by deer late into the season when they might be dropping sheds, you're going to want to check those quite a bit. I mean, there's people who will leave, like, you know, five ten acres of standing corn and walk through those and pick up 20 sheds because they're just spending in there. all their yeah, time they're there. spending all their time in there you know they just knock their antlers off on the corn stalk quick and 
call it good. And who's who knows? We might not find any, like I said, but some years they just might not shed on your property. It's just kind of how it goes. It is. I know my uncle's yeah. found lots before, and he's also found none. It's just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. But it's not like your property's bad. It's just right. they just didn't drop them there. Yeah, I mean, you can look at all the rules of thumb that you want to, but ultimately you can't beat just putting miles on. Like, just go and put yep. miles on. Same thing with small game hunting. Um, and it's kind of like what we talked about last week with Colby and uh, finding success on public ground. Like, there's just no substitute for going out, putting miles on, putting the time in. Usually that's when you're going to end up getting rewarded with that kind of stuff. Yep, I agree. Like, even we've walked our property how many times? Like, it doesn't get boring. No. Like, every year is a new something. Oh, you find something. Oh, these bucks have been hitting this rub line a lot more, or you see a pattern of a rub line or yeah. just stuff like that. And if you really want to get better and be more successful, that's the, that's the key. Like, don't just walk to walk, and don't just find sheds to find sheds. Learn something from it. You know, even if you don't mark it on the map, you do something really interesting. You write the date in Sharpie that you found it on mm-hmm. each shed. And, I mean, that's every year I make fun of you for it. And then the following year or anytime throughout the year, I'll usually ask you, when did we find that? And you know right away because mm-hmm. you wrote it on there. Now, you don't have to, right? If you took a picture of it, it would be in your phone on that day. Or you could, like, keep a list in a notebook somewhere in a drawer that says you know yeah right on the i know a lot of people write on the bases but right honestly the sharpie comes off there's already someone that i have that already coming off so it's not like it wrecks the horns right it, and if it'll you come put off. it in the right spot and it's not put I mean, on the back side yeah. yeah it's just kind of cool too like and you're like oh this this day or like if i took all of them and dumped them out i'd be like i'd be able to find the time that is when we find the most which is that early march yeah find tons of them then and that's, that's the if key. If the like, weather's good. Yeah. If you can put patterns like that together, that's how you kill deer is by figuring out patterns and making sense of it and making sense of how you can use those patterns to your advantage. So the more data you can gather and not to make it like a nerdy thing, right? It's like you're walking through the woods, you find a shed, you mark the spot on the map, keep track of what day you found it on. Yeah. And then over time throughout the year and then throughout the next couple of years, you can look back on all of that stuff and go, okay, well, this is where we tend to see the most sheds. This is when we tend to find the most. This is what it means, and this is how I can use it to kill more deer. Like it's that's almost like key. a like a mental note too. Like I could probably walk you through the property if we all went out there. I could be like, oh, there's this. I, we found a shed right here, right yep. here by this tree in this area, and I can get pretty close just because. I remember the, the you rem- you remember those things. Right. You could go out there too and be like, "Wow, yeah. we we found sheds right here, right here, right here." Just yep, yeah. And it's the same thing with public land too. I, you know, people every year will go out and walk public land and try and find those sheds. I mean, that's a lot more, uh, a lot more like pressured. It's hard to say pressured as far as shed hunting goes because the sheds don't run away. But obviously, if there's more people searching for them, more people finding them, and harder for you yeah. to be the one to find them, then. And it's tough because it, you know, do you go out early to try and beat all the other people out there? Well, if you go mid-January, you might be the first one to look for sheds, but a lot of deer are probably still holding. Yeah. So and there's snow and it's just right. And you could go February, but for us that doesn't work. We're right. spearing. We're spearing. So, but if you, I mean, if you have the time to, and you don't spear, that'd be great. A lot of people yeah. I know find a lot of sheds at that time. Yeah, you just got to keep 
putting the miles on and, and keep looking. But public land, too, that can be a great way to figure out where deer are on public land when it's not hunting season, when it's not summertime. Because that can be a good thing to kind of compare, too. Like, like we said, you know, we can figure out where all the deer are or where a lot of the bucks are in the winter by finding sheds and looking for sign and things like that. And then compare that with some of your summer scouting and find out how things are different and how their patterns change and all that stuff. It's like if you if you really love deer hunting, none of that stuff should be boring to you. No, or it shouldn't feel like a burden. Like, no, oh, I have to. It's like, no, we get to. Right. And it's fun. And it's we, awesome. we want to. You get off of a long week of work and we're just pumped to go out there and look for sheds on a nice, warm, nice, sunny day. It's just, it's just yeah. awesome. Stop at Quick Trip, get yep. some snacks. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing every year, and it uh-huh. doesn't get boring whatsoever. Oh, nope. nope. it's the best. Yeah, I love it. And our property that we hunt at typically doesn't have much for sheds, but we also, like this year, we kept our trail cameras out the whole year, which probably was stupid, uh, but we did it. And, uh, it, I mean, it wasn't even Are intentional. They still up? But Yeah. I got a picture of a deer today, actually, and I was looking at him like, oh, what? are you lost? You're not supposed to be here till like, april because that's usually what happens we can that's a pattern that we have figured out is that on our property on you know like the end of november after the gun deer season the deer are off of there it's not that they're nocturnal they are not setting foot on that property they run for the hills and they don't come back to that property until like april so and, and this year has been no different. We've had cameras up year round. They still got batteries. I just got a picture today. We haven't been there since November and they're still going still in negative 15 out yeah, there. That's crazy. They're still running and sending pictures. And we had a little buck that was running through and we get pictures more of like coyotes and things like little that. Little buck today? Little buck today. I mean, horns. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about a little one. It's still got horns. Like it could have been ears. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was little, little spikes. Yeah, we got a couple of them. Nels. Yeah. You could probably tag it as a doe. Not even legal. Yeah. You could probably tag it as a doe still. But, I mean, you see deer like that, it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess maybe there's hope because usually we don't see any deer. I think this year we'll hit a different, with... couple different spots for public. That, yeah, we, we have some. just for you got a spot we could go and might try yeah. to meet up with Eli and Kobe somewhere and yeah. or have them come with us type thing. Yeah. I would road trip it over to theirs. I mean, they've said, they've said they never really find a lot of sheds where they hunt, but they've also said they don't usually look that hard. It's more like if they're out doing work on the property, they, you know, look around a little bit and see what they can see. But I don't yeah. know if they've ever really like dedicated a Saturday to going out and shed hunting or anything, but yeah, it's a it's a good time. It's another thing like rabbit hunting. It can be social. You go out. You're not worried about wearing camouflage. You're not worried about making too much racket. No. Usually, you just kind of go out and have fun, pass the time, yep. have fun. Better yet, you could go two for one. Bring your twenty two. Bring your oh no, you can't. Well, it depends on when you go. If you're going yeah. in February and the season's still open, then you could combine them and hunt small game and shed hunt. Um, but obviously, if the season's not open, then can't do that just focus on the sheds then it's more yeah it's definitely more worth it you see a, you you see a lot more things if you're not trying to kill other things well it's hard for you to go into the woods without a gun that's the problem very hard for me too yeah oh. that's that's the problem if you don't shoot something at the end i'm always worried you're gonna shoot me well it's like what are we doing you gotta shoot something yeah 
Shoot a pigeon. Rare I don't leave there without shooting something. <laughs> or at least shooting at shooting something. Shooting at something. Shoot at a tree <laughs> just to blow off some steam, you know. But, no, yeah. yeah. All yeah. good. All good times. All good times. Looking forward to it. Kind of got some events coming. It's kind of low, low, low. Now I got some stuff to look forward to, so. Yeah. What do we got? Two weeks till Sturgeon Spring? Yeah. Yeah. Must be. Less than two. Week and a half? Yeah. Eleventh yeah. and twelfth. I think the eleventh is opening day. Eleventh and twelfth, Super Bowl Sunday. Is it? Yeah, the twelfth. I'm not spearing then. Yeah, game's not till seven. Spearing's done at six or one. Yeah, you won't be able to make it. Not gonna make it. Got to get ready for the game that the Packers aren't even playing in. But I'm gonna spear a two hundred pounder, and I'm not even gonna be able to watch the game. Has anybody even speared a 200-pounder ever? No, they tag some, though. Or they tagged, like, females, I think, that are well over, will be well over. Really? Pretty sure. I'll probably get one this year. They speared a 178 last year. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. That is gigantic. So the so picture huge. is just... Yeah. I'll, I'll probably spear one. I speared one last year. The, my first year was an off year for me. Yeah. So he's... I don't even want to talk to you. I about saw that. saw two or three. Took two. You saw four kind of half oh, shots that didn't really come. I think it was three during three, the season. Yeah. There. You saw three. You yeah. watched three get two get speared. Yeah, really rough. Right. Really so rough. that was an off year that sucked. And then yeah. this past year I People got are one. Hate so you for saying this. <laughs> I know. I hate you I for know. saying it. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it'll be a good time though. It's always fun to just go back to Wentz and. All the all the spots, yeah. And just see, see everybody the fish that are hanging up, and here we'll the see the hunting public boys. Stuff, but they'll be there. Hopefully, they'll be there. They're there every year. Yeah. So it's it'll be a good time. It's coming up soon. I think we'll have one episode before that starts, and then yep. we'll be back in there. Um, hopefully, I have a story for you. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Sturgeon Shack video mm-hmm. coming out Monday. Anything else? No, I think that's it for right now for on the on the agenda. Yeah, that's it. Um, gonna keep trying to get guests on here. I know last year or last week was good. Getting Colby on. Um, he's gonna he's gonna come on a couple more times. You know, whenever we can get him on, we got some other guests we talked about getting lined up. So we're gonna continue trying to make it interesting for you guys. Try and get you know as many people on here as we can. Share different perspectives, different stories. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people who know a lot more about a lot of things than we do. I think that's a, a good way to put it. There's, there's other people who know a lot more about a lot of things. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll try and keep pursuing that. But so far we've been good getting an episode out every week. I'm going to keep trying to stick to that. We've been able to do it and, uh, you know, keep trying to make this thing happen. So, yeah, I think that's going to do it. That'll wrap up episode number five. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Um, Hit the like button if you're watching this video on YouTube. Maybe leave us a comment. Uh, Let us know where all the good sturgeon spearing spots are going to (laughs) be. Drop us some pins. Yeah, yeah. Give us some GPS coordinates. We're going to be looking for you. No, it's all good. Um, Yeah, leave us a comment. Um, rate podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts. You guys know the drill, all that good stuff. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.